Okay. Gemara says, Daf Yudalid, second line from the top. Tani Nami Hachi, Hakoret Shema, Upaga Borabo, Gadol Emenu Bapirakim, Shoel Mepne Akavot, Ven Tsarich Lomar Shumashiv. We're going back in the Mishnah. In the Mishnah, we said that you could be Shoel Mepne Akavot, somebody respectable comes. And you want to, in between different pedakim, you want to say shalom, you want to say hello, you're allowed to. And it says, and you're allowed to answer. But we don't exactly say who you're answering to. So this pedakim is going to say black and white that you don't even need to tell me that you're allowed to answer. Because if I'm allowed to greet the person and say Same hello, thing. I could say, I could answer back a hello. So shoel, in the middle of a paragraph, then it's, it, it, it needs a little more. If it just would be somebody that you need to respect, you don't, you don't greet him. But if you're afraid of him, he's a king or something like that, you don't have to say that he could answer back a greeting out of fear. So out of fear, he's allowed to ask and answer. Out of honor, he's allowed to... Out of honor, he's not allowed if it's in the middle of a paragraph. This is going to be Me'id. Can you just start with the Gemara? We're going back to the Mishnah. Rabbi Yehuda Omer, Be'emta, if you're in the middle of a paragraph, Sho'el you're allowed to greet someone out of fear. But when it comes to answering, you can even answer out of, if, if there's somebody that you, you owe respect to, a father, a rabbi, and he greets you, even though you're in the middle of a paragraph, you're allowed to say, you're allowed to answer back and say shalom to him. What, because he's a kaka? Yeah, because you have to respect him and he already greeted is you. Is actually verbally or let's say and you do a wave? verbally. What if you're mean? able to do a wave, do a wave. By the way, the Mishnah Barak speaks there about, about all these laws that today we're not so careful in these things because everybody knows you're in shul praying. You're yeah. not, you, you, they know if you don't greet them, you're going to, they they know you're busy praying. You don't get mad. They're not going to get upset at you. We're talking, let's say, you're not in shul, you're, you're, you're sitting Different on parts. a park bench and you see it's, uh, you know, Shema time and you start saying Shema, all of a sudden the rabbi walks and starts talking to you and, and you're not going to understand, you're not going to be able to give him the hint, uh, no, you know, and then in a case like that, it would be much, you know, it would be not respectful. But if, if, if they're able to understand that you're praying, then you don't have to verbally talk, of course, then you... But you if he's a high-end rabbi anyway, you should know that you pray. You should know you're praying, yeah. He's sitting on a park bench. you were praying. So you were on the phone or something like that. Right. Okay. And if you're in between chapters, even out of respect, you're allowed to greet someone, and you're allowed to answer a greeting to anybody. Now we spoke about Kriyat Shema. Achitana in the yeshiva of What about Halel? Megillah Are you allowed to interrupt in the middle to greet somebody? Or Halel? Are you allowed to you know, interrupt during Halel? So what do you say? Ma'u shi'afsik. Aminan kavachomet. Kiryat shema is deoraita. Shema is from the Torah. And Allah, and kiryat shema from the Torah, you're allowed to interrupt. Posek. Halel de Rabbanan mibai. So halel, which is only a Rabbanan. The rabbis say you should say halel. It's not from the Torah. Hodilma pirsumeni sa'adif. Even though it's from the Rabbanan, even though it's from the rabbis, but since you're, you're expressing the miracles of Hashem, that might override the, the, the leniency that is the Rabbanan, and maybe you're not allowed to interrupt to greet somebody or to answer a greeting. 
because you're busy praising Hashem about his miracles, you're not supposed to interrupt. So what what is the halacha regarding Halil and Megillah? You stop, you interrupt the same way you stop by Shema, you can stop by Halil and Megillah. Amar Abba, Days where an individual says the full Halil, we mean individual says the full Halil, that means that there's an obligation on everybody to say Halil, whether or not you're part of the Minyan. Like uh, Hanukkah, Sukkot, the first two days of Pesach. Ben Perek Le Perek Posek. In between chapters, you could interrupt. But if you're in the middle of a paragraph, you're in the middle of you don't interrupt. Days where an individual does not necessarily, is not necessarily obligated to say halal. What does that mean? He doesn't have to say halal. That means like we say without the beracha. Now this halacha applies even for those Yishonim and Ashkenazim who say a beracha on Rosh Chodesh. Even though they're saying in Berachah, still they hold, it's not mandatory to say, to say Halel. So they would also have this leniency of, they would, they, for them it's even a bigger chidush. Even though you're making a Berachah, since there's no chiyuv to say Halel that day, you can still interrupt. Even though you're in the middle of a Lulanu, Vetzet Yisrael, well, not, not Lulanu, because you're not saying the full Halil, but in the middle of a Vetzet Yisrael, in the middle of a, of a paragraph, you're allowed to interrupt. Kamara asks, There's a rabbi, a Rav Bar Sheva went to Ravina. It was a day that you don't say Halil. It was like a Rosh Chodesh day, where it was only uh, where you don't not obligated. Vilapa Sikle, Ravina was in the middle of a paragraph, and he did not say Shalom to the rabbi that came in. So the question is, why didn't he respect him? Why didn't he show him? Uh, why didn't he give him kavod and say Shalom? Shani Rav Bar Sheva. This Rav Bar Sheva is different. The Lo Chashiva led Ravina. That Ravina did not look at him like a, like a Adam Chashuv. He wasn't such a big uh, Tamil Hacham in comparison to Ravina. So Ravina felt that he didn't have to go ahead and give him the, give him the respect that, that we thought he needed. Okay, this is a, you know, interesting Gemara because it was a, you know, in, in, in his town maybe he, didn't, he wasn't looked at as a Chashuv person. Maybe he came from a place where where he was considered the rabbi, and then in, in Ravina's town, he was just like everybody else. Okay. <coughs> Somebody who accepts on himself a fast. Are you allowed to taste on a fast day? When he accepted upon himself to fast, am I accepting upon myself to fast from eating and drinking? And I'm not eating and drinking since I'm only tasting. What does it mean to taste? Some say it means to taste and spit out. Some say it just means to eat a drop, even though you're going to swallow it. The Tosafot, the second to last Tosafot says that we're talking about we're spitting it out. Pirushrach, shechozer upolet, that you're spitting it out. It's not considered that you're benefiting from tasting. Avabolayalo, but you're not allowed to swallow. A few b'shar taniyot, in any fast, if he's spitting something out, you don't have to make a beracha. 
So that some say that some say swallowing just a little bit. Some say yeah, that you're spitting it out. Basically, he exempted upon himself achila ushtiya, eating and drinking. Valek, I know here I'm not eating and drinking. I'm only tasting. It's considered it's in a different class. He accepted upon himself not to benefit. And he is benefiting slightly. So I'm allowed when you accepted upon on, upon yourself to fast, you did not have in mind not to taste. Therefore, you you would be allowed to taste on a fast day. This is an individual fast that he accepted upon himself. Not like Yom Kippur. Not like Yom Kippur. Not like Yom Kippur. Not like a regular one. Maybe talking maybe, about maybe, no, the one maybe. that you accepted. You you woke up one day and you said tomorrow I'm going to fast. Yeah. You do it. You accepted it. It's not a designated fast. No, it's a personal. Right. What's the difference? What's the difference? Because if you're accepting upon yourself not to eat and drink, it depends on how you accept it upon yourself. So it could be other ta'aniyot have the same halacha. Keep going, guys. Here, from the Gemara, it sounds like the whole question is about a ta'anit yachid, that what did you accept upon yourself? But uh, regarding uh, uh, any, any of the, even the lenient fast days, it sounds like it would be asur. It's However, like a guy accepting, Fort, but it's like a guy accepting a fast and look saying, at I'm, not, Fort, I'm not going to eat today, I'm just going to drink Third today. to bottom line. O Dilma an'akabileh. Hai lishna ma'ashma demari b'ta'anit yachid shekibel alav. Ava b'ta'anit ha'katuv lo. It sounds like maybe ta'anit ha'katuv. Maybe one of the four fasts are, are stricter. This is a different um, she taught in the Nishonim. Some say that, the, that, it's only, that it's even talking about one of the lenient fasts, and, uh, and uh, meaning Yom Kippur and Tishabah, we know you're not allowed to taste, but a Ta'anit Yachid would have the same malacha as the other, other uh, fast days. Just as a side note, the other fast days, really, there was a question if they got abolished or not. Because um, the Gemara ends up saying, that if there's um, if there's gezerot and we don't have the Beit Hamikdash, then bezman she'en shalom, then we fast. So in a way, also we accepted upon ourselves those fast days. It's not on the same level as they were originally. But can you fast whenever you want? Yeah, we're talking. The Gemara is asking about Tanit Achid. He was asking about Tanit Katuv, one of the four fast days. Okay, let's continue here. So we said that you can taste without swallow. Yeah. Right. Also, if you taste something, you don't need a beracha. Let's say you have outside, you see rolls. It says mezonot rolls. You want to taste it to see if it really tastes like it's a mezonot roll. So you don't have to make a beracha. You're only, you're only tasting it. You're tasting it, you don't make a beracha. Somebody who's fasting, he's allowed to taste. How much can you taste? They would taste until a revi'it. More than a revi'it, they were not allowed to taste. A revi'it is a measurement of a betza and a half. A betza is two ounces, three ounces. You can have up to three ounces. That's more than a taste. Yeah, but you're spitting it out. Some say you're spitting it out. Maybe you need a nice amount in order to get the taste. Okay. Amar Rav. Amen. Amar Rav. Kol anoten shalom lecha velo kolim shitalel. Anybody who says shalom, greet your friend with um, before you pray. Kiu asa obama. It's as if you made him into a mizbeach. Because 
Why? Hold yourself back from a human, from a person. What is he, what is he worth? You are being machshivim as a mizbeach. You have an opportunity to pray or to say hello to your friend. And you go ahead and you say hello to your friend. It's like you're making him the mizbeach. So it's a bad thing? Bad thing, yeah, bad thing. Pray first. It's a bad thing, making a bama. We don't bring a bama. We don't bring a... Yeah. He learns that from the Pasuk that what, what, why are you giving him such honor before you honor Hashem? What is Rav Sheshet? Rav Sheshet asks, what do you mean? We, we learned in the Mishnah that even if you're in the middle of saying Shema, you're allowed to greet people. So when are we saying that you're not allowed to greet somebody? If you're not allowed to go over to him, go out of your way to say hello before you pray. But if you if you you bump into each other, then of course you will allowed to greet them. So the case of the Mishnah, where people are walking by and they're starting talking to you, you didn't go, you don't go, you didn't go ahead and uh, and uh, say hello to them. Someone approached you, so you're allowed to talk to them. means you went there. You went to their house. So you went. So say you, you know you're sitting in your seat in shul. He's on the other side of the shul. So let me go over to him and say hello before I pray. So that means what? You just hold the place and talk, and then you keep going, or you have to be in which case? In which case? Uh, if you, yeah, the, the one in the Mishnah, then that goes with the rules of the Mishnah. It depends where you're up to. If you're in the middle of the paragraph, then uh, then kavod, and if you're in the middle, then only uh, fear. Nodding your head is allowed. No talking, right? We're going to see it a little bit more. It's going to. is going to explain. Actually, no, the Gemara is not going to explain because it's going to say Shulchan Aruch says that you're allowed to say Safra de Mare Tav you're allowed to say good morning without saying Shalom but even that you shouldn't go ahead and greet him if you bump into him you, say, you don't say Shalom like Shabbat Shalom you don't say Shabbat Shalom unless somebody first tells you Shabbat Shalom before you pray then you can answer them so why the Aramaic? Because you're not saying shalom. What about what about name? Walking to shul. To greet somebody before you pray. I was walking to shul in the morning. I didn't pray yet. And I see Rabbi Shur every Saturday morning. I'm not going to say Shabbat Shalom Zalacham. He eats for breakfast. Okay. Okay, Anybody who does your own business needs before you pray, it's as if you built them as bayah, as we said before, like for Abu Dazara. Why? Because some say like this, because we know Parnasa comes from Hashem, and the only reason why you go to work is because Hashem gave you the mitzvah. You gotta, you know, you gotta do your hishtadlut. But if you are not supposed to be doing your hishtadlut in that time, because you're supposed to be praying, then uh, yeah, and you know, it shows you're not believing that it's coming so from Hashem. Nice. So you're not saying before, after. Traveling. Right, so I'm saying, what happens if you're a China guy? And, and this is five, well, first of all, if it's five, if it's before Allah, this law does not apply. But once it gets time to pray, 
First, you have to pray before you uh, before you do anything. Once you hit the time of praying, if you're going to have a big loss, you tell you the rabbi said you have before. If you're going to have a big loss or something like that, but if on a general case, then you should once it hits the time of praying, you have to wait. So Amrule, the Yeshiva asked him, Bama Amarta. You said it Bama, Amarlehu. He answered back, Lo. Asurka Amina. When I said it's a kilo, Asal Bama, I'm saying it's Asur, not just not a good thing. It's saying you're not allowed. Because the Ravidi Baravin, the Amar Ravidi Baravin, Amar Ravi Tzach Barashian. Asur lo le Adam, Asot Chavatzav, Kodim Shitpalel. You're not allowed to do your own personal needs before you pray. Shneemar, tzedek lefanav yalech, v'yasem l'derek pe'amav. And first you, you, tzedek uh, lefanav, first you, you work with, uh, with Hashem, and then after you do your own needs. Namar avi dibar avin, amar avi tzhak barashian, kol amit paleo v'achar kach yotel aderech, person who first prays, and then he goes out to work, and then he goes out to do his personal needs. And then you know what you get? HaKadosh Baruch Hu Oselo Chavatzav. Then Hashem does all your work for you. If you go out and you work before you pray, so then you're not going to have luck anyway in what you're doing. Because you, you just don't think you just put out with Azarah. But if you pray first, and then you go to work, then Hashem will be with you in, in the helping you with what you're doing. If you have the Sitkut first with Hashem, then he will go and uh, he'll help you out. So the only way to, to attach Hashem to you is to go with the prayer. Pray, pray before you go to work. Don't go to work and then pray. Somebody who has seven days, he doesn't have any dreams, is, uh, is, is called evil. Why is this? Because I guess they were expecting that, you know, in those... Uh, Today we, we, we don't really recognize dreams as a nivwa, but it sounds like since he went without, a nivu, without any type of nivwa for seven days, it's like Hashem's not talking to him anymore. It's like a big level. It's annoying. So seven days without a chalom is, is considered ra. Somebody who, who saturates himself with Torah, the land, and then he goes to sleep, and will have no bad dreams. Some say he's not going to have bad dreams. Some say, what do you mean not going to have bad dreams? That means nothing bad is going to happen to him because you know, if he would have had the bad dream, it was, it was just, you know, in order to straighten him out. Not, you know, to, so a person who is saturated with Torah will not have any bad dreams. And we protect it also. Maharsha learns that he he'll, uh, won't have any bad dreams, and some learn that he's not going to have any uh, bad news in general. You saturate yourself with Torah before you go to bed. the Pasuk says, Hashem Elokechem Emet. So since he says, Hashem Elokechem Emet, 
we see that you're not supposed to interrupt between Elokechem and Emet. And Emet is already the first of Emet v'yatim in Achon. After a person says Hashem, Elokechem, Emet. Chozel ve'omen Emet, if he's waiting for the Chazan, and he already said Hashem, Elokechem, Emet. Now I'm waiting for the Chazan. When the Chazan starts, should I say Emet v'yatim? Or should I say uh, just Viatim? Look at the Sidur, Hashem, Uchem, Emet, Viatim, and Achon. So after I say Emet, do I say Emet, Viatim, or do I only say Emet once? You say Emet twice. Well, if you, if, if you are, he's referring to the people, you're waiting for the Chazan. And, but you already finished Hashem Ukechem Emet. That means you didn't wait for the Chazan. Or even if you did, he said, he said Hashem Ukechem. You, you ended up, you said Emet. Your last word was Emet. Hashem Ukechem Emet. You're not supposed to interrupt. And then you had, the Chazan said Hashem Ukechem Emet. Now do you say Emet V'yatsiv or not? So there was a Chazan that was praying in front of Rabbah. Over here we're talking about the Chazan, it sounds like. Um, I don't know why, how do we know we're talking about the Chazan? Okay, if it says it here. I don't think the Kahal says it. Right. So, he said, so the Rabbah heard that he said, Emet, Emet. He said, Emet, Emet. No. This person got he got stuck on a streak of emets, meaning to say he did the wrong thing. He got caught up in his emets and he ended up saying emet twice, but really not supposed to say emet twice. According to him. Yeah, this is according to him. Rabbi just said before. Amar Rav Yosef. I'm going to have a new, uh, new idea over here. We know that there's three Pirakim, yeah? What's Tafsir? Uh, like he got caught up, he got held. He got, he got caught with his emets. Amar Rav Yosef. Kama me'al yahash ma'atita. We're going to have a, you know, a Gemara that's going to talk about the third Pirasha of Shema, Pirasha of Sitzit. Nechiata... Rav Shemuel Bar Yehuda Amar Ami Marava Albit in Eretz Yisrael when they would pray Albit they would say like this Daber Bnei Yisrael Ve'amatalehem they would skip the whole chunk of the third parasha and they would say Ani Hashem Ukechem Emet so all the tzitzit things the whole tzitzit thing they would skip Daber Bnei Yisrael Ve'amatalehem instead of saying Ve'asulahem tzitzit they would say Ani Hashem Ukechem they would skip to the bottom line so my answer we just said before you can't say you can't say half parasha so that two two dafim go so how could they say heaven parasha? So the answer is going to be the, the Rashba answers that you are not really getting into the parasha yet. It's not as if you said part of the parasha. You're just getting like just saying the introduction. So Amal le Abaye, my Ma'aluta. What we said, we said before. Oh wow, how uh, how nice is this? Uh, is this a halacha that they would skip the whole middle? What are you talking about? You're not to, you don't have to start saying the third paragraph of Shema. The but if you started saying Vayomer, 
You started saying the third parasha, then you have to continue. And you have to finish the whole thing. And over here, they're not doing that. So they're doing something wrong. So why are you praising them for skipping the chunk of Shittit? Maybe you're going to say like this. Maybe they only got up to the Amartalehem and that's not considered that they started yet. Like they didn't really get into it. It's not true. The Amar of Shmuel by Yitzchak Amarav, the Abel Bnei Yisrael, lo ha'veat chala. The Amartalehem ha'veat chala. If you said the words the Amartalehem, that means you already got enough into the parasha that you would have to complete the whole paragraph. So Amar Rapapa Kasavi Marava ve'Amartalehem Nami Lo Aviat Chalat Machloket. And in the Eretz Yisrael, they held ve'Amartalehem is not really uh, getting into it yet. As long as he didn't say ve'Asulahem Tzitzit, ve'Amar ve'Asulahem Tzitzit. So we enter this uh, people of Eretz Yisrael. They would start saying the third parasha, but since they held that you didn't get into it until they said Tzitzit, they would skip from ve'Amartalehem all the way until Ani Hashem Kuchem. We start saying Vayomer. And once we started, since they started in Asia, we start. But since we started, we say the whole entire thing. It sounds like they didn't want to get into the machlonkin of what's considered starting, what's considered how much into they just it. Say it the whole time. Once they said the first, once they start over there, I mean, they had the option they could skip it, but once in the cell they say the beginning, we'll say the beginning. But once we're saying the beginning, we're just going to carry through and say the whole thing. So we see over here that they used to say Vayomer at night. Chiyam Barav says, Amar Ani Hashem Lukachem. A person who says Ani Hashem Lukachem, meaning to say that he said the third paragraph of Shema. Tzarich Lomar Emet. Does he have to say Emet Ve'emunah Kozot Kayam Aleinu? The whole Ve'emunah Kozot. Does he say Ve'emunah or not? Since the Emet is a connection to the Emunah, like Emet Ve'ativ, so when I'm not saying the third paragraph of Kiyat Shema, maybe I don't have to say the Ve'emunah Kozot. this is going back onto the uh, Rabbi Yosef, Rabbi Yosef said. This is going on. We said, we said that the Kalam that in any cell, they would say it. But they didn't sound, didn't, it sounded like they didn't have to say it. They only said a little bit of it. They didn't say any part of the Mitzrayim. They didn't say um, the... They would say, right, they would skip to Ani Hashem Kachem Right. So if you would skip the third parasha and skip the Emunah Kozot, it's asking on, it's asking on, on this concept that it's uh, optional, or that you don't have to say the third parasha of Shema. And even now, that once you take out the third parasha of Shema, you're also taking out the Emunah Kozot. You don't have Yitzhiyah Mitzrayim. And we, we said before that you have to say Yitzhiyah Mitzrayim at night. So what happened? So you're not saying Emet Emunah, you're not saying Tzitzit, you're not talking about Yitzhiyah Mitzrayim. So, is he not skipping, the, even though he's skipping the Emunah, he's skipping that, that, that whole paragraph, but he is inserting something about Yitzhak Mitzrayim. What does he say? 
we're thanking Hashem Elokeinu they took us out of Egypt redeemed us from being slaves and then he continues into Micha Mocha and Gaal Yisrael so he, what we said that he, they don't say the Emunah Kozot he doesn't say the whole Emunah but he says the bottom line he says Hashem took us out of Mitzrayim Micha Mocha Baruchat Hashem Gaal Yisrael that's what the people would say if they would skip it. If they would skip it, they're Russia. Anti-Israel. Yeah, those who would skip the third paragraph. I mean, anti-Israel, they would say half and half. The whole, so, the whole, and the anti-Israel sound like they, they would say the Emunah because they end up saying Hashem Kuchem Emeh. The way the Gemara calls it is if you don't say Hashem Kuchem Emeh. But since we, since we see the Halakha, it's not necessarily mandatory, then you skip the Emunah. If you skip the Emunah, you don't have Yitzhak Mitzrayim, but we're going to throw it in. Yitzhak Mitzrayim. Good? Correct. And we said the so if you skip the emunah, you still say uh, all those uh, extra things that you see on Mitzrayim, Micha Mocha, Malchut Echad, Aubane Chalayam, Na'al Yisrael, and Ashkivenu. That's what Ashish says. Now we're going back into order. We said in the Mishnah that Shema comes before Vayam Shemoah. Why does Shema come before Vayam Shemoah? We said in the Mishnah, verse you have to be Mikabel the Malchut Shemaim, Hashem is King, Hashem is the God. And then we could talk about uh, the mitzvot. So, my Yeshua ben Kochalam, Akal ma parashat Shema, Tanya, Rabbi Shimon ben Yochai, Omer, he says a different reason. Medinu sheakdim Shema leveyam Shemoa. The reason why you say Shema before vehaya shezel lilmod vezel lilamed. Why do we say Shema before Ve'ayam Shema? Because in Shema it says to learn, it says Bam, and in Ve'ayah it says you should teach. So what comes first? Learning or teaching? First you have to learn, then you have to teach. So Shema comes before Ve'ayah. Ve'ayam Shema Vayomer, and Ve'ayah comes before Vayomer, Shezel Ilmod. Right. Or Zelilamed, also, it's learning and teaching. Vaya has teaching in it also. And, and Vayomed is, is saying um, what to actually to do in the mitzvah. So first you teach somebody the mitzvah, and then they actually perform the mitzvah. So everything is in a very good order. First you learn, then you teach, then you do it for them. Then you perform. Yeah. Then, you know, then they will perform in general. So. Atu Shema. So first, Gemara is going to ask. Atu Shema Lumod Itbe. We said that Shema has learning. So learning comes first. First you have to learn before you do anything else. But if you look into it, Shema doesn't only have learning. Shema has teaching, and Shema has mitzvot. It says in the first paragraph of Shema, you have to teach your kids. And it also says, You have tefillin and you have mezuzah. So you have learning, teaching your children, tefillin and mezuzah. So that's a question. We sound like we just said, oh, Shema has learning, so it comes first. The two, another question. We said, has teaching. And not mitzvot. What do you mean? It has mitzvot also. It also has tefillin and mezuzah. So Gemara says simple answer. The reason why Shema comes before Vayam Shemoa is that in Shema you have a bonus three. You have Lilmod, you have learning, you have teaching, and you have mitzvot. 
Vehaya minus one. Vehaya doesn't say to learn. Vehaya is only about teaching and doing mitzvot. And Vayomet has no learning, no teaching, and only mitzvot. And that's why we say Shema first, then Vehaya, and then Vayomet. So Elahachikam, I'm Vinu Shlikam Shema, I'm Shema Lamon Lamin Lasson. Has teaching and doing Yeah, Why do you have to tell me this reason? First of all, you accept Machut Shemaim, but that's why Shema comes first. And another reason why we say Shema first. And you also have another reason why Shema would come first, because you have these reasons Shema has the Amen, and it also has Asiyata Mitzvot. And then we have Rabbi Yeshua ben Korcha, which is saying an additional reason to that reason we had in the Mishnah. Now we're going to talk about the order of saying Tefillin, uh, Shema. So the Gemara says, Rav Mashiach, he would say Shema and then put on Tefillin and then pray. So, so there's two things we could talk about right now. Number one, he's saying Shema without his Tefillin, which is a problem. The Gemara says, somebody who says Shema without Tefillin, that means that in Shema, since we say we talk about Tefillin, if you're not wearing the Tiffany, you like, well, you, know, you believe in it, you don't believe in it. That's one problem. How did Rav say Shema without his Tiffany? That problem, that problem we're not discussing now. Our problem is going on this concept that we just learned from Rabbi Yeshua ben Korcha. Yeshua ben Korcha said, first you accept upon yourself, first you say Shema, and then you, and then you read about the Barashah that has to do with the Mitzvah. So the Gemara understands, according to this, Order. First, you have to say Shema, and then you do mitzvah. Same thing. If I have to say Shema because it's Machut Shemaim before I say Vayomer, which is only mitzvah, so the actual mitzvah also would, uh, should come after. Yeah. Yeah. In 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 regards to putting the talet, putting doing what first? One time, because why she's saying one time is because we're going to see later on what he really held, and uh, this is a one-time thing that he saw. He's coming to say what he saw. You're going to see at the bottom of the Gemara why he did it in this order. So, question, our question we're going to ask is how come Rav said Shema before Tefillin? Uh-huh. So, according to, so far what we said goes with Rabbi Yishuah ben because he's saying Shema and then he's putting on Tefillin. So what's the problem? We didn't speak out the problem yet. The problem is going to be based on this Beraita. This Beraita is going to say that Shema comes first before Tefillah. Before Tefillin. Now the Tefillin comes first. Let's read it. The person's digging a grave. Patud. 
He does not have to say Kriyat Shema because he's busy with the Meh. Menatfilin. He does not have to say Shema, Tefilin, or put on Tefilin. He's exempt from all mitzvot. When the time comes to say Shema, Olev will tell Yadav Menatfilin. He goes out of the grave. He washes his hands. He puts on tefillin. They call it kriyat shema with palel. So before we lose focus, you got to keep focus on. You have to stay on two two tracks here. Number one, the main the main idea of this, but I thought, what happens when it comes time to pray? He would put on tefillin and then say shema. Got that? Notel yadam and tefillin shema. We said before. That he, what do you do first? First he said Shema, and then he put on Tefillin. So that's our question. How could it be that Rav would put on his Tefillin before, after the Shema? We see in this Beraita that you do this in this order. First you wash your hands, then you put on Tefillin, then you say Shema. Now before we focus on that question... question on Rav, why do you do that? Yeah, before we focus on that question, the Beraita doesn't make sense. Because the Beraita says you're busy digging the grave, you're patur from Shema, but if it's time to say Shema, then you wash your head, you say, put on Tefillin and say Shema. If you're patur, that means obviously you hit the time. So Gemara asks right away, Agufakashya. First you say you patur from saying Shema because you're busy with the grave and then, you, and then you don't, you're not busy with it all of a sudden. We're talking about two different cases. When do we say you patur from all mitzvot? If you yourself are the only one busy. One could be if Let's say the grave he's digging uh, as a job. No, he's lamet. lamet They were building this uh, this like cave for the. Is it a relative of his? Is that why he's patu? He's patu because he's busy with the met mitzvah. Met mitzvah. So if he's only one person digging. Then he's patur. But if he's two people, then he could say, he could dig and he could go say shema. They could switch off. So that's why the first part of the beraita is talking about he's patur. There's only one person. The second part of the beraita is talking about when there's two people, and that's why you have to say shema. Now we could go back to our question. Now we said what happened with Rab. Rab, we see the mishnah over here, the beraita over here. That first you put on tefillin, and then you say shema. Maybe Rab held like Rabbi Shua ben That what that first you accept upon yourself, oh machut shemaim, and then you do it shemah. So that would be a good answer for Rav. Rav holds like Yeshua ben Korcha. Gemara says no. Now Yeshua ben Korcha was talking about reading Prashiyot. He wasn't talking about doing mitzvot. Doing mitzvot on another level. The reading of Shema comes before the reading of mitzvot. But did he say that the reading of Shema would go before doing mitzvot? Right. Maybe doing mitzvah comes before the reading of Shema. Did he say that you have to read it before you actually do the mitzvah? Maybe Rabbi Yeshua ben Korcha holds that when it comes to performing the mitzvah yourself, first you do the mitzvah and then you say the Shema. Vitu, another question. Could it be that Rab would hold like Rabbi Yeshua ben Korcha? This, by the way, is many times. We said before that one time they saw Rav. This is many times they saw Rav. 
What did he do? He would wake up, wash his hands, and he would give a shiul, and he put on tefillin, and then he put on tefillin, and then he so you can focus over here also on the fact that over here he put on the tefillin and then he said Shema. So some take this out because that's not our main focus here. And then he put on tefillin and then he said Shema. Because we're going with that he said Shema before tefillin. Our proof the Gemara is looking for is a proof that he does not hold like Rabbi Shua ben Korcha. So that's our main goal. Watch our proof he's not going with Rabbi Shua ben Korcha because first he gave a shiur. Giving a shiur is learning Torah. That's asiyata mitzvot. That's teaching Torah. Comes when? Before he said Shema. So we see, forget the tifilin part over here. We see that he gave a class before he said Shema. That means that the asiyata mitzvot precede the saying of Shema. And that's going back. What would you do first? That means Mishua ben Korcha, even though he said to him, Mekabel, Mahun Shemayim, Tichila, that's only in regards to the reading of the Parashiyot. When it comes to doing mitzvah first, you got to do the mitzvah first. So, the answer maybe, he gave the Shi'ur before it was time to say Shema. So, so the Gemara asks him, Ken What's the Chidush? If it's not time to say Shema yet, what is he saying? I saw that Rav, he, put, he gave a shiur, and then he said Shema. What, what, what is he coming to testify? So he's coming to testify. The way he's coming to testify, he can't testify anything about the order. Because it's not the time yet to say Shema. So what is he testifying? He's testifying that he made a Benchot Torah to give a Shi'ud. That we said before, that even for Mishnah and Gemara, you have to say Benchot Torah. So we see over here, you have to say, you have to say a Beracha of Benchot Torah before you give any type of Shi'ud. Regardless of the time. Regardless of the time, and uh, yeah. We never got back to Rav. What happened to Rav? How come in that earlier Bidaita he put on the Tifilim before Shema? Now that we're saying that he does not hold like Rabbi Yeshua ben Korcha, and maybe Rabbi Yeshua ben Korcha never even said it regarding Mil Mitzvot. His messenger was late. He had somebody bringing his tefillin. His tefillin weren't there yet. And he, that's why. And that's why Rashi before says it was one time they saw him. It was one time that the guy was late to bring him his tefillin. So he'd rather say Shema first before before so much problems. Tefillin, yeah. If this guy wasn't late, we would have we would have finished the daf ten minutes ago. Amadullah. Anybody who says Shema without Tefillin, it's as if he's testifying a false testimony. Why? Because in, te- in Shema it says Tefillin, and if you're saying Shema without wearing Tefillin, it shows that you're not believing in what you're saying. Over there it's not this man. Over there you can't. Over here you have an opportunity. You have a mitzvah to wear Tefillin, and you're still not wearing Tefillin. That shows you don't believe in it. It's the right time. The Chafetz Chaim says, when you say, if you're saying the words and you should love Hashem and you don't feel like you love Hashem, 
He says the same thing. It's Kilo Mei Dedu Chekim Atmo. He adds it from this Kimana. Amar Abchiyah Barab Amar Abiyochanan Kilo Eklim Olah Below Mincha Zevach Below Nisachim. It's as if he brought a korban olah without a mincha. Every time you bring a korban olah, you have to bring it with korban mincha. Or it's as if you brought the one korban without bringing any uh, the, the wine that you were pouring in his back. Basically, you're not doing a finished job. Our job of saying Kiryat is to say Kiryat with tefillin on. If you say Kiryat without tefillin, you're missing the book.